Let's open our Bibles to begin to Luke chapter 2 again this evening. Can you remember New Year's Eve or New Year's Day of this past year? What did you think about as you reflected on the previous year, which would have been 2022 in case you're not sure? And what did you think about as you look forward to the new year, 2023? As you think, likely you came from one of two perspectives as you reflected on 2022 and looked forward to 2023. Some thought, I hope this new year is as good as this past year. Maybe you had a good 2022 as you lived and as you went through the year. For you, 2022 was a fairly smooth year. Yes, there were some downs, but maybe there were a lot of ups, and it was, it was a good year. And so as you came into 2023, you thought, I hope that this year is as good as this last year has been. Some thought, I hope this new year is better than this past year. Maybe 2022 was a rough year. Maybe there were some challenges and difficulties that you thought may come, and they did, or you did not expect, and they happened anyway. And so as you reflected on 2022, there was some pain, some hurt, some grief and you thought I hope this year is different than last year I don't want to experience some of those things in 2022 again in 2023 and now we're coming to the end of 2023 how many of you have had the year you wished to have at the beginning of this year Hmm. Interesting, no one is raising their hands. Isn't it interesting how life does that? You go into a year hoping for certain things, expecting certain things, and for many the reality is that most, if not all, experience life over the course of a year in ways that they would not choose ways they had not imagined in ways they wish were different have you experienced disappointment in 2023 do you know what it is to be disappointed maybe there's been some disappointment in a relationship or just in relationships in general Maybe some things have been said, some hurts have been received that left you disappointed. Maybe it's been in your finances. It's challenging, isn't it? To think about some of the changes that we've seen over the past few years in relation to finances, expenses. I've shared with a couple of people, if you want one example of the price changes, I went back and checked my records 
The last time that we bought baby formula for Adeline was in May of 22. In May of 22, you could get the 48-ounce container of baby formula at Sam's Club for $22.97. Do you know what it is now in December of 23? $42.97. Just one example. Maybe that's left you disappointed. Maybe it's been your health. Maybe there have been some changes in your physical body that have left you feeling disappointed and you've been even more disappointed at the level of care that you've received or not received. Maybe there's been some disappointment in your family. Perhaps just some things you hoped for as a family, some things you desired as a family, maybe some loss within the family. Maybe the disappointment you've experienced has been a loss of some kind. A loss of a job, a loss of a loved one, a loss of a possession. Maybe it's been emotions. Maybe it's been a difficult year emotionally. And you have felt more down than up. And you'd like that to be different. You're disappointed. Maybe it's your mental health. Maybe you've struggled with thoughts. Maybe you've struggled with anxiety. Maybe you've struggled with worry. Maybe you've struggled with fear in ways that you haven't in the past. And you are disappointed. Can I say tonight, if that's you, you're not alone. You know, it was interesting when I asked how many of you have had the year you hoped to have at the beginning, nobody raised their hand. That tells me that we have all experienced disappointment in some way this year. You are not alone. I and my family have experienced some massive disappointments in 2023. Disappointments that produce an outlook of disappointment. Do you know what I mean by an outlook of disappointment? I mean, you get to a point where you look ahead and all you see is disappointment. You just expect that that will be the result of whatever is going to be something that is disappointing. And maybe you're there too. And maybe it's hard to see with hope anything as you look ahead everything appears to be disappointment tonight maybe even some could say that you are disappointed with god maybe you feel that god has let you down in some way and it's left you disappointed for 400 years the people of God waited in expectation with no revelation from heaven. And things started happening. We've seen the angel showing up to Zacharias in the temple when he went in to burn the incense. We've seen the angel appearing to Mary and telling her about the birth of the Messiah. We've seen uh, the, the message of the angel to Joseph. We've seen the birth of John and the prophecy that Zacharias declared. But the reality is that though these things started happening, you realize many of these things happened in isolation. They weren't big 
public. We read about them in the scripture now, so they feel big in public. But a lot of these things happened in isolation. It wasn't widespread. It wasn't well known. But then, on a quiet night, I imagine quiet night, in the hills outside Bethlehem, all heaven broke open, didn't it? And look at what the Bible records in Luke chapter 2, verses 10 through 12. The Bible says, And the angel said unto them, the shepherds to whom he appeared, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. What was the meat of the message from the angel to the shepherds? A Savior was born. And that was the greatest need. We said this morning, it, it wasn't a political rescuer. That wasn't the greatest need. We could go on and on. If God thought we needed advice, he might have sent one who was just a counselor. If he thought we just needed a better way of life, he may have sent one who was just a philosopher, if he thought that we just needed to be taught a little better, he would send one who would be just a teacher. But God knew that we needed forgiveness, and so he sent a Savior. And the angels declared that there would be a sign to the shepherds. What is a sign? A sign is an object that conveys meaning. And what was the sign? It wasn't a king born in a palace, but a baby born in a hollowed-out cave or barn, laying in a feeding trough. You know that's what a manger is, don't you? It's the feeding trough, wrapped in swaddling clothes. That was the sign. There was something unique. There was something special about this baby laying in a feeding trough wrapped in these swaddling clothes. And then all heaven broke open as the angelic hosts began praising God and saying, verses 13 and 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. With him, this Savior, who they would know by the sign that God gave, God promised peace on earth. But, but if you've experienced disappointment, you may feel anything but peace. You may not feel at peace in your relationships. You're, you may not feel at peace in your station of life. You may not feel at peace in your family. You may not feel at peace in your walk with God because of the disappointment. Disappointment has a way of robbing our peace. But today, from the birth story of Jesus, we receive two tr truths to help us when we don't understand and when we feel disappointed. We were reminded this morning about the 
depictions we often see of of Jesus' birth night, right? The cleanest stable ever, the most perfectly put together couple, the only baby who never cries. These are the depictions that we often see in relation to Jesus. It wasn't a typical birth story, though. In so many ways, there had been months of turmoil. Think about all that had happened. Mary received that message from the angel, and aren't you glad that Mary said yes to God? In Luke one thirty-eight, behold the handmaiden of the Lord. She said yes to God. But that didn't mean things were easy. Stephanie was sharing with me, just as she's reflected, just sharing with me a little earlier today how the, the Bible speaks of Mary and this message she received and how you might be tempted to think that she's the most blessed woman ever, and in a sense she is. But she said she reflected as I was sharing the message this morning on how it seemed like there was anything but blessing during those months of turmoil. She's in an unplanned pregnancy. She's criticized. She's shamed. She's condemned. And then there's Joseph. I always wonder, don't you, how did Joseph find out? Did Mary run straight from the message the angel gave her and tell him the message that she had heard? Did Joseph not know anything until Mary began to show and people started clamoring and gossiping, saying, Mary's expecting a child. Joseph, did you know what's happened? Were you involved? What, what do you know about this? How, how did Joseph find out? I don't know, but I know he didn't find out from an angel. How do we know that? Matthew 1, 18 and 19. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. The angel didn't tell him. He already knew. For how long had he known? How long were these thoughts ruminating in Joseph's mind? For how long was this a wedge in the relationship between Joseph and Mary? Now you say, well, they're espoused, they're betrothed, they're engaged, if you will. It's, it's not that serious. Engagements are broken all the time. No, in, in the culture, there were two parts to the wedding ceremony, the betrothal period, the actual ceremony, and the life together afterward. But during the betrothal period, the two were considered married. To break that betrothal required a divorce. And if the man died during the betrothal period, the woman was considered a widow. This was a serious thing. Now, does anyone think this is what Joseph and Mary wanted, planned for, and dreamed of? Joseph was reassured by an angel, but it didn't end there. The turmoil, the 
the difficulty of the pregnancy, there came that decree from Caesar Augustus. They had to travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem. They get there, and I mean, ladies, those of you who have had children, put yourself in her place. Okay, the contractions are coming. She is in active labor. And the innkeeper couldn't or wouldn't give them a room. What now? I mean, imagine this. Finally, someone somewhere gave them access to the stable and they gave birth to Jesus where the animals stayed. Finally, we can catch our breath, right? It didn't end there. At some point in the early days, months of Jesus' life, wise men found them. They brought gifts. It was a beautiful thing. But they also informed Herod. Not intentionally. And Herod now is sending soldiers to kill the baby. And they have to flee from Bethlehem to Egypt. That's not easy. A new culture, a new language, a new way of life. Does anyone think? This is what they planned for, dreamed of, or wanted. I would, I would guess not. C can you imagine the conversations that Joseph and Mary must have had at times? During these months, during these years? That all this is transpiring? I am sure that in some ways, humanly speaking, they knew what it was to be disappointed. Do you know what it is to be disappointed? Disappointment can rob you of peace. How can you have peace? God promised, didn't he? With the Savior, peace on earth. How can you have peace when you're disappointed and you don't understand what God is doing. You might say, well, I could have peace and I could live without disappointment, disappointment as long as I understand what God is doing. But the reality is there are times we don't understand, right? There are times we can see what's going on. We understand how it's affecting us but we don't understand what God's doing, and we're disappointed. But let me give you two truths to help you when you don't understand and when you feel disappointment. Number one is this. You don't have to understand the plan to trust God has a purpose. You don't have to understand the plan to trust that God has a purpose. Do you ever find yourself questioning what the plan is? How many of you are the type of people who want to know every detail? Many of us are that way if we're honest. When we go into something, when we're going into a day, when we're going into a project, when we're going into some activity, we want to know every detail. We want to know what the plan is. 
wouldn't it be nice if we could expect that from God? God, I know I'm going to encounter this this year. Just lay it out for me. Show me the plan in it all. Show, show, me, show me every detail about what I'm going to go through and what you're going to do in the midst of it and how it's going to turn out. That's what we often desire, isn't it? Often, our desire may not match up with God's plan or his purpose. Listen to Proverbs 19.21. There are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. You say, what does this have to do with anything? The word devices here is an interesting word. It can speak about a device in the sense that we think of it, a texture, a machine. But the word also has the idea of an intention or a plan. So here the Bible's saying man can come up with his devices. Whether that is something physical, something concrete I can get my hands on, or something that is in the ideal realm, something that he intends or something that he plans for. There are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord, this word counsel, does speak of advice, but it also goes further with the idea of a plan or prudence. And in many passages in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word behind it is translated purpose. Man has his devices. Man has his plans. You and I like to be planners. We like to have things laid out for us. We want to know every detail. But God has his purposes. When I think of Joseph and Mary at this point in their lives, I have to think they were not living the life they thought of and they did not have the story they planned for. Wouldn't you agree with that? I mean, there's no way they could have thought of this. Certainly Jewish, Jewish women, Jewish girls dreamed that they'd be the one to bear the Messiah into the world. But there's no way they could have imagined all of these things. There's no way they could have planned for it. And there's no way this was their dream. They experienced disappointment. But in the middle of the mess, look at what God was doing. Matthew 1, 20 and 21. But while he, Joseph, thought on these things, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Listen, friends, in the middle of all the mess, God was doing something miraculous and amazing. Right now, you may feel like your life is a mess. You may experience and be experiencing right now disappointment. And you want to know what you're doing, God. God, just lay out the details for me. But listen, you don't have to know or understand the plan to trust God has a purpose. God does the same thing in your life. Secondly, 
I want you to see this truth. Your disappointment with God may actually be a divine appointment from God. Your disappointment with God might actually be a divine appointment from God. Think through the, the, the story again. The angel showed up to Mary and told her his message. And Mary said what? Yes. Luke one thirty eight. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. As a young girl, a teenager likely, Mary said yes to God. Did she understand it all? No, in fact, the Bible's pretty clear about that. that. How is this going to be, seeing I know not a man? Did Mary know everything she was in for? Certainly not, but she said yes to God. And then, all this, at the birth of the baby, a 90-mile trip that was not planned, Luke 2, 4, and 5, and Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. Do you see the divine appointment here? They're in Nazareth, we said this morning. They had to get to Bethlehem, right? God's involved. And then what did the angels tell the shepherds? And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, what? Peace, goodwill toward men. Peace? I don't know about you, but everything Joseph and Mary have been experiencing or, and are experiencing at that moment doesn't sound like peace. Does it to you? It sure doesn't feel like peace to me. It feels like hardship. It feels like challenge. It feels like difficulty. It feels like pain. It feels like hurt. It feels like disappointment. And then fast forward a little over 30 years. The girl who said yes to God stood at the cross. She looks up upon her son who's been stripped of his clothing. He's been beaten so severely he no longer resembles a man. I mean, can you imagine that? She watches as her son suffers and dies. Do you think this is what she planned? Do you think this is what she dreamed of and wished for? It's not what she planned. I mean, can you imagine being being Mary the mother when you take Jesus to the temple as a baby to to offer him to consecrate him to the Lord according to the law and you're met by this old guy he's known as a prophet of sorts he's known as a man who's devoted to the Lord in fact God's made him a promise that he would not die until he has seen God's promised one 
And the Bible says that after he holds Jesus and speaks about Jesus, the Bible says in Luke 2, 34 and 35, And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against, yea, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also. That's encouraging. Just what you want to hear is a new mom, right? And now here she is at the foot of the cross. Experiencing that. No one could have written this story for Christmas. No one could have imagined that God would become a man conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of a virgin, laid in a manger, and wrapped in swaddling clothes. The sign given to the shepherds. Swaddling clothes. Like those that swaddled the legs of the lambs who were consecrated to sacrifice because he is the Lamb of God. Swaddling clothes like the strips of cloth used for wrapping the dead bodies to prepare them for burial. That sign pictured what he was. The Savior born to die. Think about that. He was born to die. That was his purpose. And this certainly was not what Joseph and Mary planned. It wasn't what they dreamed of, what they wished for, but it was what God purposed. And listen, friend, you were that purpose. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, because he shall save his people from their sins. You are that purpose. That's why he came. That's why he went to the cross. It was for you. You don't have to understand the plan to trust that God has a purpose. And your disappointment with God might actually be a divine appointment from God. Don't let disappointment rob you of your peace. Even when you're disappointed and you don't understand, Trust that God has a purpose. And see that in your disappointment, you might actually be experiencing a divine appointment.